Welcome to Think Again with L. Nathan Hare, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. If you would like to participate on today's program, call now, 803-1520. That's 803-1520. All right, here we go. Think again. Think again. Welcome to our Top of Discussion program, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Western New York, still fighting the war on poverty, now in our 53rd year. Each week we talk to you about issues, events, and trends affecting you right here and right now in Buffalo and the Western New York community, and in fact, connecting to communities all across the country. I'm your host, L. Nathan Hare, President and CEO of the Community Action Organization. Make us a part of your Saturday every Saturday at ESPN 1520 AM on your dial from 11 o'clock to 12 noon each week. Now, today's program is live, so you can call and you can join our discussion. Hope that you will. Our number here again is 803-1520. That's 803-1520. So I want to hit something that uh, came up at the end of uh, last week's program. Uh, and then I want to get into my uh, main thesis. Uh, let me just lay it out for you. Uh, in last week's program, a caller indicated that something in the area of 70% of all of the uh, uh, inmates uh, in federal prison in the United States were illegal immigrants. And we had a back and forth discussion about that. I promised that I would go and I would get the information. I'd like to tell you what the information is and where I get it from. And then you do what you will uh, with this new concept that they invented uh, in the United States, uh, I think it was earlier this year, called FACTS. Uh, and then... Uh, the, the, the main thing I want to get to is, uh, do you really want a literal interpretation of the Constitution? Why am I talking about that? Because the uh, person who has been uh, put forward, nominated by the uh, tr Trump administration to become our next uh, Supreme Court justice, comes from this uh, Federalist group. And this Federalist Society group seems to uh, believe in something called a literal uh, interpretation of the Constitution. They refer to it as uh, the originalist, you know, interpret, interpreting the Constitution in the way it was originally written. I want to deal with that subject. And if we can get to some other things along the way, we will. On this issue of illegal immigrants dominating uh, the federal prison system, I consider that conversation to be a hoax. Convicted illegal uh, immigrants, uh, according to this, uh, uh, the, the, the caller, make up 70 percent or so of the federal prison population. This was, assert, uh, 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 this was uh, uh, asserted with much certainty last week, but it represents another example. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, it was John from Rochester, okay, <laughs> um, and hopefully he's listening. Um, but it's another example of how people read something on an Internet website and then run with it without testing the validity of the source of the information or the implications the source depicts uh, from the information they are looking at. So first, I decided to go to a place where I thought maybe he got this information from. He may have gotten it from someplace else. But I went to Breitbart News. Uh, it's not a place I normally go to to get something called facts, but I, I made this 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 uh, uh, effort. Uh, the website, uh, excuse me, in, in an article entitled uh, "Illegal Immigrants Accounted for Nearly 37 Percent of Federal Sentences in uh, Fiscal Year 2014," the article was written by uh, Carolyn May, written in uh, July of 2015. 
And in the article, uh, it asserts that uh, she's uh, quoting data from the United States Sentencing Commission showing that illegal immigrants account for about three and a half percent of the U.S. population, but they represent almost 37 percent of federal sentences in the uh, fiscal year 2014 uh, following criminal convictions. Uh, according to the uh, to her, the U.S. Uh, Sentencing Commission data showed that there were nearly 75,000 sentencing cases in 2014 that uh, citizens accounted for uh, 58% of those uh, uh, sentencing, sentencing cases. Illegal immigrants accounted for almost 37%. Four percent were legal immigrants who were being sentenced uh, after being convicted uh, in federal court. And what what the article does, it spends a lot of time breaking down what are the kinds of offenses these illegal immigrants uh, were convicted of or or, or were charged with. And about 17 percent were charged with drug drug trafficking uh, uh, cases. About 20 percent were charged with uh, kidnapping. And hostage taking, about 74 percent were charged with uh, drug possession, about 12 percent were charged with money laundering, another 12 percent were actually charged uh, with murder convictions. Now, uh, further in the article, you know, and of course, the the statistics in in the Breitbart uh, article that was written by Carolyn May and all of the hullabaloo around the article uh, was all of this feigned uh, shock and horror at these statistics. But if you read Carolyn May's article, just read further into the article, you know, like near the end, uh, what you'll find out is that her article discloses that of the 74,000 roughly sentencing cases included in her report, 20,000 of them were immigration violation cases. If you eliminate the immigration violation cases, um, illegal immigrants would account for only 13.6 percent of all of the offenders sentenced uh, uh, before federal court in uh, 2014. That's still greater than their 3.5% of the population, but certainly nothing like 70% or 37%. Uh, According to the New York Times, in an article written December 21 of 2017, the proportion of unauthorized immigrants in federal prison uh, may be explained partly by the fact that immigration offenses now account for about half of all federal prosecutions, uh, including for uh, including those for smuggling people uh, into the United States uh, or illegally entering the country and illegally re-entering the country after being deported. Uh, according to Tom Jowitz, the vice president for immigration policy at the Center for American Progress, which is, uh, uh, to be uh, honest, a liberal think tank. He states that the report proves one thing only. The administration will take any opportunity to twist facts to demonize immigrants. The vast majority of immigrants in federal prison are there for crimes that only immigrants can be charged with illegal entry and illegal entry after removal. So just understanding this in context, here's the bottom line. Again, according to this report, according to a report released uh, on December 17th of 2017 by the Trump administration, not by uh, some think tank, not by some liberal outfit. This is by the Trump administration uh, 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 itself. 
their report uh, delivered December 17th of last year says that of the 185,000 inmates uh, in the Federal Bureau of Prison System, 24,476 of them are illegal immigrants, representing 13.2% of the total federal prison population. (laughs) And 92% of those people uh, came into the country illegally. Just so we're clear, what was being said is not is not uh, backed up by the facts as presented by the people who are being supported by this caller. Now, quickly, uh, and we've got just a few minutes on this. Um, do you really want a literal interpretation of the Constitution? I took this information from two articles, one by Frank uh, Ken Levy entitled, Is a Literal Interpretation of the Constitution Possible? that appeared in Diversity Incorporated. And the other article was Austin Klein as the author uh, entitled, uh, Basic Rights Not Listed in the Constitution, uh, uh, written in an online magazine called Thought, uh, uh, Thought, uh, 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 dot com. It was written in March of 2017. Conservatives love to claim that a document written 230 years ago is still the doctrine that we the people should live by. Uh, Former Supreme Court Justice uh, Judge Antonin Scalia uh, once said, the Constitution is a dead document. It is an enduring document that does not change. Well, under the original Constitution, so we're clear, only land-holding men could vote. The Constitution of being innocent, or excuse me, the concept of being innocent until proven guilty exists in old English common law. It does not exist in the Constitution at all. That is not said any place in the Constitution. The Miranda rights that we all uh, 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 champion, uh, the right that you cannot you know, t- uh, uh, tell on yourself, you have a right uh, to an attorney. You have to be told you have a right to an attorney and that whatever you say can and will be used against you. Those Miranda rights are not based on anything that's written in the Constitution. That's based on uh, old English common law, the right to a fair trial. The Constitution gives you the right to a jury trial, and it says that the uh, you have the right for that trial to be held uh, generally in the jurisdiction where the crime occurred. Nothing in the Constitution says you have a right to a fair trial, the right to be tried in front of a, a, a jury uh, of your peers does not exist in the Constitution. The Constitution only guarantees a trial before an impartial jury in criminal cases. It does not guarantee you a right uh, to be tried before a jury of your your peers. That has been interpreted over the course of the uh, evolution of uh, 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 the Constitution's interpretation uh, since uh, it was adopted in the, in the 1780s. The, nothing in the Constitution explicitly gives you the right to travel. Uh, This right is explicitly written in the Articles of Confederation, which was the agreement between the colonies that existed uh, prior to the adoption of the Constitution that we live under now. The Constitution does not explicitly give courts the authority to review the constitutionality of laws. That 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 interpretation came up as a result of a case uh, before the Supreme Court, Marbury versus uh, Marbury versus Madison in 1803. So were the judge, were the Supreme Court justices in that case activist judge, uh, judges? The Constitution says nothing at all about marriage, and the regulation of marriage is left to states. Under the Constitution, 
If we're going to talk about the Constitution, states could actually ban marriages and nothing in the Constitution would pre- prevent states from doing that. Uh, there is nothing in the Constitution about procreation that the Constitution does not mention. Uh, does not mention any right to privacy, although it, it, the terms of the Constitution imply a belief in the right to privacy. It is not explicitly uh, stated within the Constitution. The people who sincerely believe that the constitutional rights are limited solely to those spelled out in the text of the Constitution must also be able to defend all of these things that we consider to be rights today that did not exist in the Constitution as it was as it was originally written. So let me grab Tony real quick, then we'll get other John and Buffalo, and we'll get this conversation going. Tony, how are you doing out there? I'm hot. Uh oh. <laughs> well, we've been we've been hot for about a month now, so you got to live with that. <laughs> I'm losing weight standing here, but you know it's so ironic that you brought up John and his uh, so-called 70%. Because John this morning was on a, uh, this is John from Rochester I'm talking about. Right, yep. He he was on a show uh, in Buffalo at 9.30 this morning, and he insulted every immigrant that ever came into the the state of New York. I'm not surprised. (laughs) I mean, I wonder if he's, and he hates immigrants, because what he said was that, all the good people of the state are leaving, and replacing them are the people dependent on aid from the government who contribute nothing to the state. Because all now, immigrants it, are coming here to freeload, right? Yes. Now, if that was true, I wonder if his immigrant parents or, or ancestors came to freeload, too. <laughs> did, 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 John want, did, did John ever think that Donald Trump... Father came, was a Prussian officer in the German army who came to the United States and brought up a, his actual name is T R U M P F Trump. Yep, they came. They came as immigrants. Right. Now, if that if every immigrant that came to the United States didn't contribute, then what has Donald done? Donald done. Donald Trump. Well, you're, you're missing it. So see, see, you're missing it. See, the older immigrants—they were the good people immigrants. Yeah, it's the newer. Not. It's it's the newer immigrants that are the bad people immigrants. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, guess what? The older immigrants that came—they eventually died. They died after they came. But, Remember but they're but they're, they but they're, they're being they, replaced by bad immigrants. Don't don't you get it? Yeah. yeah of course. That's why he was. I mean, I couldn't believe that he goes on the radio station and they let him spout this garbage mm-hmm. without ever telling you where he gets this information from and what facts are behind what he says. Mm-hmm. Now, if you can't speak with facts, why you open your mouth up to say crap like this on immigrants? My parents were immigrants. Well, you I, got. I am. I am offended by what he said. You have a president of the United States who, That's in his most friend. his most recent uh, uh, entree, you know, into Europe, uh, according to the Washington Post, almost seventy percent of what he said was either factually, provably untrue, <laughs> or it was it, it created implications of facts that were just provably untrue. Yeah. Now, on your point about the Federalist interpretation, and that's the guy named Judge Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. the thing that you have to ask in the hearings is, are you in favor of stare decisis? Remember that term. Okay. That is the term that says, do you believe in the past rulings that produce the principles upon which 
other rulings are made. Mm-hmm. Starry unprecedented, right? That's it. Now, here's something that I really don't understand. Maybe someone out there can help me. I mean, I'm seeking. I'm, I mean, I'm in. I'm in need of some somebody to help me. Why is Donald Trump always bringing up money when he goes to NATO? Because he sees the world as a zero-sum game, the same way he played in his real estate uh, initiatives, which he was not the greatest as, as as he acts like he is. But he, he sees the world as a either I win or you win, I gain or you gain, your loss is my gain, my gain is at your loss. That's the way he sees the world as, oh, as yeah. transactions. Yeah, but don't any one of these NATO people or people with him, I know they don't want to embarrass him, but not one of them ever goes, and even on the press corps, and looks at him and says, you are, you have four bankruptcies tied to your name. Mm-hmm. You stick the Polish workers at Trump Towers when you refuse to pay them and threaten to have them deported. These are all facts. Yep. The guy... Oh, he steals money from the time he owned the casinos at Atlantic City. And keep in mind, he's got all of these golf clubs that collectively are losing somewhere between 270 and $300 million uh, in total in, in uh, uh, enterprise costs right now. So he's losing money at the rate of hundreds of millions of dollars in his, you know, some of his, his fundamental businesses. So why he gets all of this lift as this great businessman is really hard to understand unless there's something else that underlies the cash flow that supports his enterprises that we're not able to see yet. Well, like they said on TV this morning, and and, uh, Mr. Malcolm Nance said it, the the Republicans tying to Trump will go down with Trump in the next few months because there are other shoes to be dropping than the investigation by Mueller. And that's just on the the criminal stuff revolving around Trump. Uh, The other issue that we've talked about uh, in several spaces in the last couple of months is that when we get to this time next year, these policies that have been supported by Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell uh, under the championship of Donald Trump, we're going to see those shoes drop. We're going to find out that when we get to the end of April or the middle of May of next year, that we're one and one and a quarter trillion dollars short in terms of money uh, to fund uh, what we've already spent uh, in the federal government over the course of that fiscal year. Those shoes are also going to drop. And I think those are going to be heavier shoes than just the stuff that revolves around Donald Trump's potentially criminal behavior. Well, several Wall Street uh, uh, bigwigs are now predicting there will be a recession at the beginning of 2019. This is that, going to be a tough that, time period. Yeah, that, that there is going to be a recession. You you can't continue to spend without having income. Uh, the thing with this this administration is, they, as I said, when they took over, they cannot govern. They can't even find 46 more parents for the 46 more children that are under five. That they have, that they have, uh, they have 
have not fulfilled the court's ruling. And now they said this morning that these children weren't eligible to be reunited with their parents. Yep, yep. I mean, it's it's, it's all a a, a hoax. Uh, Tony, I got to run. I got to take a really hard break right now. Then we're going to grab other John. Then we'll grab Jerry and Wes Seneca. Thanks so much. I'm looking for to talk to you during the course of the week. Thank you out there. We're going to be with you in a couple of minutes here at the, excuse me, at Think Again. Think Again. Would you like to increase your home's value? Do you want to lower your energy bills? Are you in need of affordable financing for your next home improvement project? The CAO Home Improvement Resource Program can help. Just come to one of their monthly HIRP orientation sessions every first and third Wednesday of the month at two convenient locations. HIRP staff will help identify the resources you need to get financed, and they'll even help you with completing your application. Now, you won't know what you qualify for until you call. 332-3773. That's 332-3773. Learn about all the home improvement programs you may be eligible for and ask about the affordable financing program that can help turn your house into your dream home. Call 332-3773 for more info. It's the Home Improvement Resource Program, restoring value to neighborhoods across Erie County, one house at a time. Brought to you by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. Paid actors illustrating actual clients. Prior results do not guarantee similar outcome. Each case is unique. When a car hit me, I called Salino and Barnes. They got me $6 million, 24 times the insurance offer. I'm Steve Barnes. Is your accident case worth more than the insurance company says? Call us. You might be surprised. After my motorcycle accident, Salino and Barnes got me $1.5 million, 12 times more than insurance offered. I'm Ross Salino. What's your case really worth? Call us now and find out. After I was rear-ended, insurance offered $100,000. Salino and Barnes got me $800,000. After my car accident, insurance offered $50,000. Salino and Barnes got me $750,000. Is your case worth more than the insurance company says? Call us. You might be surprised. They got me over $600,000, nine times more than insurance offered. Salino and Barnes, injury attorneys, call 888 Main Street, Buffalo. All day. Every day, this is Buffalo's home for ESPN Radio. 50,000 Watt ESPN 1520. Ready. <laughs> that's that's going to be the theme for the next couple of weeks. Robert Mueller's telling the world, get ready, because here I come. <laughs> so we saw 20 or 12 indictments that add. Now we got 32 indictments in the so-called witch hunt, you know, investigation. We got five convictions all, already. We have people already going to jail. We have another guy sitting in jail waiting on trial, you know, right now. Uh, and Trump is still running around claiming this is a witch hunt and fake news, and he's got millions of supporters that are supporting that kind of, of thinking. So if you're out there and you're supporting you know, what you think is uh, the, the, the Trump administration and the people that surround him, please feel free to call in. We don't mind. Uh, if we're wrong, we'll, we'll say we're wrong. We'll go and get facts. 
uh, to, to back up what we say. And if we find out that what we think is uh, the truth is not true, we will say that on the air as we always do. So let me grab uh, other John in Buffalo, then we'll grab Jerry, then we'll grab Ron uh, in Chittawaga. Other John, how are you doing out there? Pretty well, Nathan. Pretty good, well. Good to hear from you. Hey, uh, go to BOP.gov. That is the Government Bureau of Prison site. You okay. Will see, you will see specifically that U.S. citizens comprise 79.5% of the prison population. End of story. There you go. And, and of that 21%, a chunk of them are legal residents. They just happen to be people that got convicted of crimes, but they were legal residents. So the illegal resident portion of that is probably closer to 13 to 15 percent. If that. If yep. that. If that. Yep. But, yeah, but uh, next time uh, the Rochester Reactionary calls in, uh, nail them with that. Appreciate uh, it so much. Yep. Okay. Also, uh, Trump went bankrupt six times, not four times. And okay. his grandfather returned or tried to return to Germany because his grandmother uh, didn't like the states. Mm -hmm. they, they threw him out of Germany because he did not serve in their, in their military. Mm -hmm. Kind of like a, a, you know, a, a 19th century uh, draft dodger. Draft dodger, right. And you know, the apple doesn't fall far from a tree in that case. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then he went to, uh, came back to the U.S. because he literally got thrown out of Germany, and he opened up a cat house in, uh, in Canada. No kidding. I didn't know about that. Yes, absolutely. That's that's where he got his start. Wow. Was, yeah, check it out. It was, I, I, I want to say it was uh, British Columbia, but I can't remember whether it was British Columbia or Manitoba. Yeah, well, yeah, you give me some pointers. I'll be able to run that down. Yeah, you'll be able to find that easily. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, well, the uh, people that uh, support the swindler-in-chief uh, <laughs> typically are, well, I really can't say what I think of them. Let's put it like that. Yeah, we don't need to swear on the air, but we get your point. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's my two cents for this uh, week. All right. Thanks, John. Uh, let's grab uh, Jerry, then we'll grab uh, Ron. Jerry in West Seneca, how are you doing out there? Good, Nathan. Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Good day. Good. Yeah, you know, Nathan, um, I think, you know, the worst thing about the Trump presidency is he's really alienating us from some of our best allies in the world. We, um, I mean, we need allies, let's face it. I mean, the Middle East, they already hate us. And now he's alienating us from the parts of North America, Canada, Mexico, the European Union's not liking us. Why would you alienate us from Canada? I, I mean, know, they're, the Canadians are like our brothers and sisters. They're not even like yeah. cousins. They're closer than that. Right. <laughs> they're like brothers and sisters. Why would you get mad at right. them? <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's exactly. It's just crazy. And then and the U.K., too, they're, they're, they're starting to dislike us, too. I mean, George W. Bush, I mean, they... They, he did a job. Uh, the U.K., they, they started to hate us because of the Iraq war. Now, now, now Trump is just putting the, the last nail in our coffin. And, mm. and we nearly need we need allies in, in a global economy and global world like this. I mean, especially with $7.4 billion and, and by 2050, maybe $10 billion. I mean, you can't. You can't fight the rest of the world by yourself. I right. mean, we found that out in a little country called Vietnam. Look what yep. happened there. I mean, you have to have 
you look at look at World War Two with Hitler and the German army, we would have never uh, defeated well, them. If you Russia remember Ukraine. when we were attacked in nine eleven, we pulled together the coalition of the willing. That yep. coalition of the willing was made up eighty nine percent by NATO countries. Then yeah. a few other Arab countries that were not a part of NATO. That's right. what made it possible for us to mount the campaign and have the basis to to be able to operate from. You can't fly air uh, uh, missions from California all the way to uh, 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 Iraq and back without right. having to stop someplace. You got to have bases to operate from. Right. Exactly. Slovenia was one of our. Uh, 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 bases we were able to operate from. I mean, we, you, you, you just can't afford to throw away those relationships that you know you're going to, or at least you should be wise enough to know that you may need those bases uh, or in those relationships uh, at some point in the future. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and, and, and as far as this, uh, this Supreme Court nomination, um, as far as the Constitution, I mean, it's 230 years old. I mean, it's not relevant to what's happening today. I mean, 20 years ago, well, it, it's not relative. It, it's important today. to understand the Constitution, although it has the force of law, it is, it is more than law. The Constitution mm-hmm. is a framework that mm-hmm. provides the structure of our government and how our government is supposed to be able is supposed to operate. It is not all of the specific things. There was no Sputnik, you know, when the Constitution was created. You know, I mean, this is just nonsense, right? And there wasn't any assault weapons at that time either. You right. know, right. when they talk about the, the, the right to own weapons, I mean, they were loading loading one ball muskets at the time. I mean, there was no such thing as automatic weapons when you can kill like 50 people. In a right. Very we, 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 we now have indoor uh, 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 bathrooms as opposed to uh, the outdoor exactly. bathrooms that we used to use. <laughs> I mean, there was no mass murders in those days because by the time the guy got the ball loaded in his musket, there's 10 guys jumping on him. He didn't have these. So everything is, it's not relevant. Right, to, right. It, it just doesn't make any sense. I'm with and you. You know what? You know what? Another thing too with the Supreme Court justices. I do. You really think it's right that the president gets to nominate these people? I mean, what's the difference? They should. They're supposed to be impartial. The judges are supposed to be impartial. If you go in front of a judge for anything, if it traffic violation or whatever, you don't ask them if they're Republicans or Democrats. They're supposed to judge well, on an impartial I, basis. I, I, I think that they should. They should split this differently. You should need a 51 uh, percent majority in order to get a nominee before the uh, uh, Senate to vote on. But, uh-huh. but to actually confirm the nomination, you should need a supermajority, a 67% or whatever, or, or 60%. I think it's a 60% uh, majority. I would think it would be better to be a 67% majority of yeah. the uh, Senate in order to confirm the person. That way, what happened to Neil, uh, uh, or to, to Judge Garland, would not have occurred. Uh, mm-hmm. Judge Garland never got an opportunity to even get a presentation before the Senate, mm-hmm. which I think it should have just required a 51 uh, vote majority to get him before the Senate uh, so that the public could then, or, or the senators could then vote on him. Mm-hmm. But then it should have taken either a 60 or a 67 uh, percent majority in order for him to be confirmed. I think if mm-hmm. we did it that way, you would get 
uh, the best of both worlds. You would get mm-hmm. people who should be considered, at least considered, and then you would make sure that who, whoever gets uh, uh, confirmed is somebody who has a two-thirds uh, uh, support uh, of the Senate uh, that is sitting at that time. I think that's that would be the most mechanically sound way uh, to get that done. Uh, in there for life either. They should have term limits on them like everybody else does. Yep. All right, I got to rock, man. I want to get Ron on before we get to the the break. Uh, Let me get Ron and Chitawaga. Ron, how are you doing out there? Not too bad. I seriously got my email. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, I did, yes. Well, you got to read that book. You really do. For the listeners out there, a book called The Bloody Shirt, Terror After Appomattox by Stephen Budiansky. And uh, this... Uh, if anybody doubts that the uh, the Civil War was about white supremacy, hmm. I mean, and particularly the time afterwards, the constru- Reconstruction, it, it, from primary sources, uh, newspaper articles, testimonies before Congress and state legislatures, you see all this, this, this incredible uh, why they wanted to revolt and why they wanted to deprive black people from having the right to pretty much do anything other than do heavy farm labor. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway... So that's that's one thing. Uh, read that book, uh, The Bloody Shirt, Terror After Appomattox. Yeah, Stephen I actually Stephen. ordered it from Amazon. So it's on its oh, way yeah, to me. Yeah, you got to get the, yep. that's part. The one part about that that uh, the the that uh, to to give black people equality uh, uh, would uh, it would upset the natural order of uh, the Southern white male's hot blooded instincts, which. The Negro woman uh, provided an outlet for in order to protect white chastity of the, the superior white woman of the South. That's something that if you, next time somebody calls up like Jason or John or one of these guys, says this was a war between the states about, about uh, abstractions, economic and mm-hmm. social. Right. Anyway, okay. Prison stuff, he said. Okay, yep. forgetting one thing, too. Uh, about the prisons is that most people aren't in federal prison. So if you take the overall population of the prisons, uh, it's that 13 percent. I think it goes down to like three or four percent. Right. Uh, so, right. but and when Trump and these people make these these statements, blanket statements, it makes it sound like if you go to Attica, that half the people there are illegal immigrants. They're mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Now, uh, the Constitution. People don't realize this that the the first ten amendments of the Constitution originally applied only to the federal government. Mm-hmm. Now, by the, that, that was changed in a case, I believe it was called Gitlow versus New York, in 1925. So that's what, 150 years after the Revolution, 130-some mm-hmm. years after the, the Constitution. And uh, it was about, I think it was a, Gitlow was a communist, and he was a, uh, at the New York Port Authority, prevented him from uh, distributing uh, to the union people, or trying to organize unions, communist literature, and uh, they, they went to the Supreme Court and they said uh, the states cannot pass laws that, that violate the First Ten Amendments. But before then, uh, the states could actually do that. And while by that time most states had sort of similar echoes of the First Ten Amendments, it was still possible if you had a radical government one way or another could say, we don't want uh, such and such a paper to be published. We don't want such and such a group to be able to petition the government. And the Gitlow case changed that to, so that the states can no longer do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what was I going to say? That's the book. Uh, the, uh, oh, okay. This thing about that never got me about constitutional uh, the so-called construction used to be called strict constructionism. I don't hear that term anymore. But if you read the history of the founding fathers, 
Now, they came over from Europe, over their descendants, a lot of them were, you know, from England and whatever. Uh, they they were, uh, you know, had the, this, the cultural context of, of kind of white supremacy and white male supremacy and that, but they had the intellectual capability to, like, allow for variations in that. If you read their own writings, Jefferson was never happy with slavery, mm-hmm. but he had to deal with a with a uh, uh, with an economy that with the British left us. It was slave based. I mean, it basically, was like, what are you going to do? You free the slaves immediately, then the economy collapses. They had they had monumental tasks to accomplish with with a, a legacy of European authoritarianism. So keep that. But when they, if you read their personal writings, this idea that the Constitution was a dead document. It's mm-hmm. a joke. I mean, for example, you get the right arguing that because um, uh, they, they try to equate the, the the free enterprise system that was established, you know, that was uh, allowed for, that there was construction of it under the Constitution, and they try to equate that with hedge funds and subprime derivatives and all kinds of stuff. That you, you know, the, the real truth of it is, the founding fathers were worried about power. Power accumulating in the hands of a of a, a few elite people, namely a monarchy and the crown corporations that the monarchy was a kind of crony capitalist mercantile system. Now, if you, uh, it, it would be unthinkable though, because they you couldn't have, they could never have foreseen what was going to develop in a couple hundred years. So the big deal then was to try to decentralize power. But I refuse to believe and, and that they would be so stupid that they would say, well, it's, okay. it's, it's bad for the government to do that, but big companies can, you know, buy the election and they can uh, buy the media up and propagandize and only get one position because it's not the government doing it, that they would okay it. Mm-hmm. They were men of reason, uh, of, of deep thought, of, of, you know, people who thought that using the brain, uh, the mind of the human mind was a way of solving problems. And I really, I think it's an awful, awful reach to view the Constitution like fundamentalists view the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. And in fact, even that's a good example. The way this, this, this fundamentalist construct uh, works, would it, it so belies uh, uh, logic and reason that y- you just can't make any sense out of it. Uh, people are just blindly saying, I, I don't even believe the people think that what, what they're saying is true. I don't think that's the case. I think they're just saying this uh, because they're really covering another set of issues that reflect more like what you were talking about in terms of the justification of the Civil War and the uh, Reconstruction era after the Civil War. Oh, it, yeah. It's that well, kind well, of a belief system. Yeah, and, and uh, uh, the, the Federal Society, by the way, arose in the 60s at least in part, to fight against it. It was initially founded by people who didn't like these civil rights. They felt mm-hmm. the government was overreaching right. by having the courts, uh, uh, Brown versus Board of Education in the mm-hmm. 50s, and then some of the other yeah. rulings uh, in the 60s, that gave, uh, that took, it was, you could say, they took the power of the states away 
the power of the states to discriminate against yep. minorities away from the states and said that you couldn't do it. And that's at least in part why the Federalist Society was put together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ron, I got to run. I got to take a really hard break at this point. I appreciate it. Look forward to talking next week. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, uh, <clears throat> look forward to talking on the other side of the break here at Think Again. Think Again. Would you like to increase your home's value? Do you want to lower your energy bills? Are you in need of affordable financing for your next home improvement project? The CAO Home Improvement Resource Program can help. Just come to one of their monthly HIRP orientation sessions every first and third Wednesday of the month at two convenient locations. HIRP staff will help identify the resources you need to get financed, and they'll even help you with completing your application. Now, you won't know what you qualify for until you call. 332-3773. That's 332-3773. Learn about all the home improvement programs you may be eligible for and ask about the affordable financing program that can help turn your house into your dream home. Call 332-3773 for more info. It's the Home Improvement Resource Program, restoring value to neighborhoods across Erie County, one house at a time. Brought to you by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. Get $10 in extra bucks rewards when you spend 30 on these sizzling offers and more only at your neighborhood CVS pharmacy. Stock up on select palm olive for 99 cents and treat yourself to any CoverGirl or Sally Hansen cosmetic BOGO 50% off. Restrictions apply. See cvs.com slash weekly ad for details. Oh, 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 visit CVS. It's time for your bachelor's degree to pay off. Geico's looking for leaders to enter our management development program. Starting annual salary is 45 to 49.5 with the potential to make 52 to $55,000 within a year. Visit geico.jobs/buffalo to apply. Are you a home brewer or do you want to learn about home brewing? Tune in at 9 a.m. on ESPN 1520 for Just Brew It. Just Brew It, hosted by Jeremy White and Bert Deister from Niagara Tradition Homebrew. Tune in Saturdays at 9 a.m. on ESPN 1520 for Just Brew It. All day, every day. This is Buffalo's home for ESPN Radio. 50,000 watt ESPN 1520. Outstanding. So that's a good thing to lead us into our next segment. Uh, we have John in Rochester, who uh, I've been answering his last question in last week's program. So it's good that we've got John on and he can uh, help us to continue that part of the conversation. John, how are you doing out there? I'm, I'm doing good, Nathan. Boy, I'm, I'm honored that you take what I say seriously and do the research. That's, that's pretty cool. All right. <laughs> I hope but, when you said take it seriously, you didn't mean that you were saying it unseriously last week, but you just well, meant no. that you appreciate the fact that I actually took up the cause of uh, finding out what the actual truth was, right? Well, well, actually, your your statistics back back me up, and I'll I'll tell you why. Uh, <laughs> I, I I said that the twenty uh, some percent of 
people in federal prison are non-citizens. And okay. uh, that's you, not what the statistics say. That's not what what your well, they, they say 37 percent. No, that's not what they say. That's not what they say. They say that 37 percent of the people who were uh, uh, sentenced uh, uh, after being convicted in federal court, 37 percent of those people were illegal uh, immigrants. It okay. doesn't mean that those people, all of those, uh, thirty-seven uh, percent of those people, actually got incarcerated. Being, being sentenced and being incarcerated is two different things. Many of those people, twenty thousand, for example, of those people, ended up being sent back to whatever country they originally came from. So they got convicted, but they're not in federal prison right now. If you look at all of the people that are physically in federal prison right now, thirteen point two percent of those people. Are illegal were illegal immigrants. If you look at the entire prison system, including the county, state, and federal uh, uh, incarceration as a whole, it's less than four percent of the of that population are people who were illegal immigrants. So again, facts are the facts, and these are not my facts. These are not liberal facts. These are not something that I got from you know the communist that you always quote it wasn't Solomonsky's you know facts these are the these are the and I don't even know if they're facts because they came from the Trump administration so they're probably wrong uh, it's probably less uh, uh, illegal immigrants than what they say the Trump administration never tells the truth about anything so the, the, the mere fact that I took the data from Trump's administration should give you confidence in the data and I'll read to you again where the uh, data came comes from. I don't have to 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 just make it up. I'm telling you exactly where the data came uh, came it, from. It, it still it still backs me up. Uh, let me let me explain this. Uh, Twenty four. I talked to you last week. I said 23 percent are non citizens. Uh, so uh, which makes sense, I think, statistically. Now, uh, <laughs> but you, you're, you, you're unsaying what I just said. Well, the, no, no, no. You you you're talking. About, you said illegal immigrants were uh, at a rate of 37%, but that included, that included uh, uh, non-convictions. Right, right. Right, right. right. So I, that's clear. That's clear. I, uh, what I said last week was 20-some percent of uh, people in federal prison are non-citizens. That includes uh, illegals and legal uh, but, but I'm saying taking, taking the legal and illegal immigrants combined only about 3.7% or 3.4%, I the number uh, escapes me, it's in my, my documentation here, uh, were legal immigrants who were incarcerated. 13 point, uh, in fact, let me just see, I got it right here, 13.6% of all of those people that were uh, uh, brought before, or that were, that were uh, uh, incarcerated as a result of their being sentenced before federal court uh, was 13.6%. So again, it's it's a little bit less than so. The, the the vast 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 majority are U.S. citizens. Is the, is the, the point? Well, the thirteen percent uh, is more than their population. I grant you, it's only three and a half percent of the population of the country are, are illegal immigrants. Right. So, right. so my point my point last week was, I think I used this five hundred percent more. It's four hundred percent more. So that proves your your statistics are proving my point. And as far as what Tony Tony said, Tony, you got to get a hearing aid, man. He completely misinterpreted uh, what I said this morning on, on uh, the other radio program. Well, I didn't I didn't hear, so I you'd have yeah. to explain to me what yeah. what was he, actually said. 
Yeah. Anyways, my point, I was talking to Chris Jacobs, a state senator, yeah. and he, he agreed with me that one of the problems in New York State is we're having a population increase in some areas, but what's happening, we're losing productive, higher-income people, people that retire, that have good pensions, people that are still so, working. So, so, oh, I, I understand the point now. So, so John, yeah, I, I just want you, but, but I, 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 I want you to, I want you to just, just to hear yourself what you just said. What you're saying is people who are retiring from uh, the, 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 the workforce are moving out of this area moving to the warmer, sunshiny, vacationy areas in Florida and, and California and, look, and so on. The and they're no, being... The issue, the issue is taxes. They're moving to less tax states. Okay. Carolina, Florida. Right, that but, 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 but your, your assertion seemed to imply that the people that they were being replaced by were unproductive, freeloading, uh, uh, Ill, illegal immigrants. And no, I don't no, think that's, that that's true. No, no, I didn't say that. I said that there was a combination of, of poor dependent, in some cases illegal immigrants, but people that were not productive, like the people that we we're losing, and that's one of the problems uh, where the state is facing right now. That was my whole point, and the state senator agreed. That was a, so, that so was just, a issue. Just, just as a, as a statistical inference, the housing market, at least in the western New York area, particularly the Buffalo area, uh, the Erie County area, is extremely hot. Housing prices are going through the roofs compared to where they were six, seven years ago. You but wouldn't have you wouldn't have such a growth in housing prices unless there was a demand for housing. A demand for housing would suggest that there are people trying to move into the area rather than a net of people leaving the area. But it's a pittance compared to you go to other growth areas in Florida, the Carolinas, etc. Nevada. The, the housing price escalations is much, much, much higher. We are way below the curve. And, uh, below the, the curve of what? The cur- we, we may be way below the curve of the hottest markets. We're not below the curve in terms of housing prices across the nation as a whole. Everybody can't be growing. So there has to be some people who are standing still you know, in some parts of the nation that are, are, are yeah. regressing. No, not at not at all. Actually, not at all. So you're saying housing, uh, housing prices, housing, housing prices across the nation, uh, almost unilaterally, are greater than what they are in. Okay. Uh, Again, John, uh, uh, as I always do, I'm writing this down, so I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna run that down as as a uh, uh, a fact check uh, that I that I'll talk to you about uh, uh, about next week. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. I appreciate it. I, you take me seriously. I, I love that. All right. Love you too, John. Take care, man. Yeah, okay. Talk to you next week. Okay, let's get Johnny Lockport on and see what John's thoughts are. John, how are you doing out there? Hi, Nathan. Uh, you know, I get the biggest kick out of this, uh, uh, how they, they tried to um, say what the Constitution was all about. Mm-hmm. But uh, they, the very fact that Constitution allowed amendments means that it would adjust to what was going on at the particular time. So, I mean, to say that, the, that the, it's a dead document is ridiculous. The other thing is that, that uh, the, uh, all these people that think that this is a Christian country, it's laughable because uh, the, the, uh, our forefathers that wrote the Constitution, well, most of them were uh, atheists. They were they, Masons. Every single yeah. one of them were Masons. And they, right. and they, and they uh, saw what was happening in Europe where these these uh, states that were controlled by the church, uh, uh, you know, uh, took away their freedom. And the reason they came here was to get away from 
those uh, uh, theocracies, those religious states. So this is definitely a secular country. And all these people that, that, that keep claiming it's a Christian country, they just don't understand what the forefathers wrote in their constitution. And uh, the very fact that freedom of religion was, was, one, was one of the uh, Ten Amendments shows that, that, okay, you can practice any religion you want, but don't try to make it uh, a, a state religion. And uh, uh, it, it, some of these evangelicals think that, that, uh, that, that we should make this our state religion. It's just ridiculous. And, of course, that's, that, that's, the, that's a great point, John, because the, the assertion that because the largest uh, 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 majority of people in the country uh, follow a form of Christianity, that makes uh, Christianity the, uh, the standard. And anything that's not Christianity is not only... Uh, uh, abnormal. It is somehow something that uh, the, the the majority of the people have the right to marginalize uh, those people that do something that, that are doing something that they consider to be abnormal. That's how we get on these slippery slopes, you know, that ends up uh, with us having Nazi kinds of uh, uh, evolution in our societies. You end up with the tyranny of the majority. The reason why this is considered to be a uh, a constitutional republic is supposed to be that we have a democratic rule within the construct of rights that cannot be taken away. There are states' rights that can't be taken away from the states. There are individual rights that cannot be taken away from you. Keep in mind, if this was not the case, then people could take away your right to vote. They could take your way, your, your right to keep your house. They could take away your right to marry who you want to marry, you know, and so on. Uh, y- y- the, the reason why the 14th Amendment was passed, and it explicitly says that once a right has been established uh, through the Constitution or the interpretation of the Constitution by Supreme Court amendments, you can neither make nor uh, enforce any law that would take away any rights that a individual a, 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 a person has under this constitution. So right. I, I don't grasp, you know, this, this, I, I don't even know how to, how to frame it, but. You know, you know, one other thing too, Nathan, is that some of these uh, Supreme Court decisions uh, in the past have been just awful. I mean, uh, the three-fifths compromise, the Red, Dred Scott decision, all these, 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 uh, it doesn't, just because the Supreme Court says something doesn't mean that it's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I, I, I agree to this, this lifetime appointment as a Supreme Court justice. Boy, these guys, you get some of these crazy guys like the, the guy that they just put on the court, uh, that Trump just put on there. Kavanaugh. And they're, they're so right. part of the right that, that uh, whatever they're going to pass is going to be really questionable. Yep. And it's going to be very hard to, uh, to undo a lot of the things that are going to occur uh, under uh, this Supreme Court that we have right now. In fact, we are probably going to regress in ways that we're going to be extremely sorry uh, for unless right. we have a, a, a Congress that will pass laws that will supersede uh, some right. of the, the uh, uh, judgments that are going to be made by this Supreme Court. Or some of the United is, is, is a travesty. Unbelievable! Give, give. Uh, they, it destroyed the, our democracy, and, they, and the Supreme Court passed it. That's yep. crazy. All right, John. I appreciate it. Let me grab. Is it okay? Uh, and so um, I, I got to just take a quick uh, uh, technical break here. But while I'm going, and I'll grab. Uh, there we go. I'll grab um, Kevin in just a, a, a second here. Realtor.com. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, I, I'll try to grab this. Uh, when we talk about Buffalo, Buffalo 
is, I think, the is that the 18th uh, uh, hottest market? The 18th hottest market in the country, Buffalo, New York. Just, John, so you, you just have that out there. Uh, our ranking, right, we're ahead of Fresno, California, ahead of Dallas, Texas, ahead of Modesto, California, and other places. Uh, our rank has changed over the course of the last year. Uh, we've gone up 17 places uh, over the course of the last year. So I just want us to be clear about what we're talking about. Um in terms of the, the, the housing growth, you know, in, in, in this area, the housing pace. I know we only got a couple of minutes, so let me get Kevin, then we'll get Mark on. Uh, Kevin, how are you doing out there? Hey, what's happening? All right, how are you feeling? Uh, what, what, what's that percentage of uh, illegal aliens you say, um, that, uh, that small percentage you mentioned? The, uh, the total number of uh, persons who are illegal immigrants who are in federal prisons as a percentage of the federal prison population is 13.6%. Okay, 13.6, right. And then I, I heard you say, uh, yeah, so you sound a bit alarmed that uh, some of the founding fathers, and I think you say most of all of them were Masons? Most of the founding fathers are Masons or were Masons. And what's wrong with that? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It said that they were not Christians. And so the assertion that the, this is a Christian country Masons are not Christians. Masons, you may see Masons that uh, use a form of uh, of the Bible in the course of their, um, you know, their their practices. Okay, but well, they are not. They are not Masons. They are not Christians. In a higher form, not so. You can't be an atheist and be a Mason. That's what I know. You can't be an atheist and be a nation. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I, I don't know how to how to respond to that. Let me grab to uh, grab Mark real quick for this last couple of minutes. Mark, how are you doing there? Ah, uh, Nathan. All right. Kevin, trying to find some outrage. I, I, I'm not sure where, where where that was trying to go, but we'll... he was poking around for some outrage. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, uh, it, it's a funny thing. Uh, he's done this continuously. He creates a non-existing. Uh, um, uh, 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 controversy, mm -hmm. then lies and says he solved it. <laughs> and corporate media allows this folly right. every week. Mm -hmm. And they follow him around like he's God's gift. It's unbelievable what they're doing. They're allowing our country to become fascist. And that's what I'm really concerned about. And that's why we keep talking about these things, because... If you allow yourself to be ruled, you know, by just the fan, 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 fantasy type, you know, uh, uh, ideological streams in people's thoughts and not be ruled by facts and figures and, and, and things that are provable, uh, things that are testable, you put yourself on a path where you could end up in a hole someplace and can't get out. Man, oh, man, it's it's uh, uh, it's you know, th this is exactly how uh, Hitler happened. Mm -hmm. I know it's a bad. Everybody said, "Oh, don't mention Hitler," but this is exactly how it happened, and we're and the Supreme Court is aiding him in, in, right. in this. And, uh, and remember, this it's not a, it's not accusing people of being Hitler. It's simply using an extreme example of something to show people that this is the way. This, this is the pathway that you're on. This this is what ha tends to happen if you go down the example that Hitler provides for you. Same exactly. thing happened with Mussolini. That happened with Franco. Uh, that's happening with Duarte, Duterte, whatever his name is in, in the Philippines right now, and, and so on. Just, just remember, he read Mein Kampf. Yep.
You've been listening to Think Again with L. Nathan Hare, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. Be sure to tune in again next week at this same time for more Think Again.